0: Hello and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians as well as educators and parents, but little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Hi! Today we are speaking with Dana from Dana's Music Playground. Dana is widely recognized as one of the pioneers of independent children's music. For over two decades, she has toured the nation, entertaining young families with her upbeat songs and her bubbly personality, which I can attest to. Dana's seven albums for children have won 27 national awards and wide acclaim from critics, educators, parents, as well as other children's musicians. In addition to her recording and live shows, Dana has engaged thousands of young viewers and listeners with her Dana's Music Playground video series and podcast slash radio show. She is a fellow Coloradan from Lakewood, and her radio show streams out of Pittsburgh worldwide on Jump 105.3. Dana's music introduces children to a wide range of genres from jazz and country to pop, rock, reggae, and bossa nova. Her songs are interactive fun for all people, and I'm so happy she's here on this show. Welcome, (laughs) Dina.
1: Hey, it's so nice to be here, Camille. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're so welcome. I'm really thrilled that you're on this show. I think I first uh, heard of you because I think we both use Elizabeth Waldman Media, Waldmania, Waldenmania,
1: and and also
0: we connected back in 2020. I think we both released albums. And, uh, yeah. And also just, wow, you have such an incredible oeuvre and such an amazing catalog. So I'm, and you've been doing this for quite some time. So I'm so thrilled to be talking to you.
1: Well, thank you so much, Camille. Yeah, we both uh, we both released an album in 2020, I think, at the same time. Mine was A Place to Call Home um, about animals and their habitats. And yours was just this fantastic, upbeat jazz for kids, which I also adore jazz for kids and everyone. So I, I just immediately loved your music.
0: You and I are so similar in a lot of ways. We're both from Colorado. We're both musical theater people. We both uh, mm-hmm. got into making children's music when our nephews were born. I mean, I oh. kind of started earlier, but my nephew being born was a huge catalyst for this new project in particular. So, wow, that's
1: amazing. You know, yeah. my my, my uh, whole children's music career was uh, spurred on because of my first nephew being born. And I just wrote some lullabies and, and thought, well, I'll record them in the studio to make a lasting gift for him. And that kind of turned into my first album. So it was um, just an amazing thing to just kind of fall into children's music and then discover that, wow, this is truly where uh, my heart is and where my I finally found my niche, right? And so <laughs> um, I'm just so pleased that my nephew came along at the right time to inspire me. And uh, I've never looked back. But we also share the fact that we both – Lived in, you still live in New York City, and I used to live in New York City, and I did a lot of the piano bars and jazz clubs and things when I was there in the city. So um, we do have lots in common.
0: Did you do a lot of children's music here? Did you do the children's music once you had already left? Well, I
1: started. my career in New York doing musical theater, like you mentioned. And uh, that kind of turned into my uh, more of a piano bar uh, entertainer that I ended up focusing on. So I did a lot of cabarets and piano bar. And then at the same time, um, about the mid 90s is when that sweet little nephew of mine, Tyler, was born. And I started recording the children's songs. And uh, after that first album won a couple of awards, I was like, wow, maybe I could actually do this, (laughs) right? And it got a lot of nice press uh, from the Napa Awards at the time that was, you know, distributed widely across the nation in all the parenting magazines. So that was really a gift to my career. And I'm always grateful to John Wood of Napa Awards were uh, that first award that I received because it really gave me the confidence to keep pursuing this. So yeah, I spent most of my early career in the Northeast, in New Jersey and New York City. And just um, once you have an album, like my first Lullaby album, I realized you have to get out there and start Actually, entertaining the children. (laughs) And so when I did that and started doing shows for kids, I realized, well, this is truly where it's at. I'm here singing in the sunshine to these smiling faces that are just responding and jumping into the music, literally. It was a lot better than singing at two in the morning in a smoky bar, I'll put it that way. (laughs) So I really never, I never really looked back and and then I continued uh, recording my albums. I ended up doing six of them while I still lived in New York City and spent about 20-some years running around the East Coast uh, doing shows up and down the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> and I would go everywhere from Boston or Washington, D.C., Baltimore, all of Long Island, New Jersey, Philadelphia. It's just so great that all those huge markets are right there and you can drive within a day and do a show and get back home. So that was really the uh, the real groundwork that I did for my career was uh, doing a million shows, schlepping my sound system all around <laughs> the Northeast. And of course, flying to the bigger gigs that I was lucky enough to get around the country. And and I owe a lot of that uh, beginning of my career also to some of the toy stores that were out in those days. There were two chains of toy stores called Zany Brainy and another one called Noodle Cadoodle. And they were fantastic high-end toy stores for children that had a lot of educational toys in them. And they also each had a little theater in their store. And so they were so supportive of independent music for children at the time. And so a lot of us who were just starting in the Mid 90s, we're lucky enough to get our music placed in all of these stores. So I was uh, fortunate that they would ask me to go flying around the country and do the grand openings of all their stores. And so I was really able to kind of, uh, you know, increase my visibility around the nation that way. And I was just really grateful uh, to them and for the opportunity. And of course, those kinds of appearances lead to other ones. And, you know, it just uh, kind of organically evolved. Um, as far as getting my name out there and getting my music out there for the kids.
0: That sounds like the ideal gig to have that.
1: It really was, you know, uh, because I got to know kids all around the country and build up my little following. And uh, so it was really a great time in the late 90s and early 2000s. I was just going gangbusters, but then I adopted my son. (laughs) in 2002 with my husband. And and when he was two months old, we moved to Washington State. And it was quite a change from busy Manhattan and uh, the Northeast. And all of a sudden, I had a big shift in my priorities when our little baby was there. And so I really uh, focused on being a mommy for about the next oh 15 years <laughs> because that's really that was really where my heart was and I kept doing shows now and again and um, kept my creative flow going by being the storyteller at all the county libraries and doing some you know local things but I really uh slowed down a bit so finally in about 2016 I literally jumped back into the children's music recording scene and um Released my, I guess it was my sixth album at that point, Dana's best jump and jam tune. So I really did jump back in. It was really nice, though, to be welcomed back into the children's music community because I thought, oh, nobody will even remember who I am or what I did all those years ago. But, you know, our community is so amazing and so special, and everyone is so supportive of one another. And uh, I really felt welcomed back into the whole scene. And uh, I've gotten to know so many new friends, and I was so pleased to find that so many of my old friends musician friends were still going at it so it's just a really special community we have
0: what's something that you when you're first starting off that you realized about children's music that you in in how you were creating it like was there anything that you noticed that was different from when you did adult music like what makes children's music special to you what is unique about children's music what makes children's music children's music and not just music for adults what's different about it
1: well, uh, what I discovered early on after attempting my first couple of shows for kids was uh, I needed to have interactive songs. I think that is truly the key to engaging young children, especially, is having some interactive element in every song, whether it be some sort of movement that we're um putting out there for them to join doing or whether it's some sort of clapping or rhythm or just some uh call and response thing i think that is the key to Really successfully engaging children in your music, making the songs interactive, and uh, you know, you can find that back in my piano bar days in New York. You know that if you put out a piano man by Billy Joel, everybody's going to sing along, and and suddenly the vibe in the whole place just comes alive because everybody knows it and it's easy to sing along with. So, I kind of took my experience from seeing what worked in my piano bar days to. Bringing it to children and also, you know, just seeing them uh, literally jump along with you. And I think just bringing some humor too and just being silly. I think kids love when you're silly. And so I uh, find it actually pretty easy to be silly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> really?
1: You can uh, tell. Oh, just a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's like just not being afraid to just be a little bit wacky and fun. And the kids will no problem. They'll respond right away because they just like to see that uh, you're having fun with them. And I think just truly, anytime you engage with a child, whether it's in a show or just in a class or whatever, I think if you give them um, truly respectful attention, that they will respond. Everybody wants to be noticed and appreciated. And I think We need to respect children and their little ears and um, and their learning process. So I've kind of tried to stick with that whole philosophy in my classes and in my songwriting.
0: Now, did you ever study early childhood development or anything like that? Or was it all just through learning in person?
1: Well, I wish I had taken some formal um, classes in uh, that, but I through the years, I've just kind of Uh, naturally assimilated some of the concepts that work. And, um, you know, I have done a lot of reading on early childhood learning concepts and what is accepted and expected in the educational system and curriculum. So I've I've done a lot of reading, but I've just kind of learned organically what kids will respond to. And I try to stick with themes in my songwriting and in my podcast, radio show uh, alike, you know, using those themes for um, things that they can relate to and are learning about like seasons or feelings or uh, counting or whatever it is. You, those early childhood learning concepts are really key to creating a whole rounded um, experience for a kid in a class or, and, or when they're listening to music.
0: Is there anything in particular, was there any concept that you read about that was either validated by your own experience or something that you said, you know, I'm going to try to start doing this, you know, children's brains develop this way. Let me see if I can incorporate that into a song. Was there anything in particular you can think of in that kind of heady way that you ever did or ever even reflected on? Like, oh, I do that. You read about it like, oh, I, I do that. You know, is there anything like call and response, for example, or something like that? Right. Well, the call and response is
1: great, and I think just um in my classes, my little music and movement classes for kids, I I try to you know just give them uh, opportunities to feel the rhythm, and so I use a lot of egg shakers, and we use a lot of percussion instruments that we just have fun with, and they I let them bang away. But I've also kind of keyed in on certain tempos that kids are able to keep up with easily. And I don't know the number (laughs) of beats per minute, but I should really look and see what that is. But there are certain songs that I found that have just the right tempo that children of ages two to four are really able to keep up with. And I'm amazed at how they just catch right on sometimes. And another thing I learned um, when doing my research for teaching my classes was that it's really important for young toddlers to cross the center line. So in the finger plays I make up or, or use, I try to have them have their arms cross over the center of their body to right or left. And somehow that is supposedly makes a, those little uh, things fire off in the brain and so that they're able to start connecting easier. So I do a lot of movement that is body.
0: That's so interesting. Like, you know, just going like crossing your arms, like pointing one way or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, shake your egg over here. Now shake it over there. Right. So you're going right, left, crossing that center body line somehow also connects the right and left brain. But don't quote me on that. <laughs>
0: just- Clapping is also that, you know, that's the moment when they can connect to the two is I know that that's a big development leap that happens. So I've seen people in my, you know, tiny people in my classes, you know, little babies go from not being able to clap to then when they start being able to clap. And some people take longer to get there than others. But they that that development leap is, is huge, you know, but like, they've been observing that some of my people come every month, you know, they, obs- I see them observing it, observing it. And then at one point, they can clap along too. I also noticed particular kids can clap on rhythm. That's always wild. Certain kids immediately.
1: It's truly amazing. I'm always like shocked and so overjoyed when I see a child starting to actually keep the beat. That's why I've, uh, you know, tried to stick within that beats per minute.
0: I never thought about that, like the crossing of the arms or being able to keep the tempo. I know they love the wheels on the bus go around, that type of movement song. That tempo probably... But that, that tempo is probably a pretty good tempo for, for people because they can follow along. You know, it takes a second sometimes for their tiny brains to process. Oh, that's that next part. These movement songs. There's also the learning songs that I've learned about counting. Do you have any counting songs like that? Or
1: Yeah, I do have a song called Seven Day Week, which is cool because it incorporates two different learning concepts, of course, counting and
0: the days of the week. So I guess here's the question, though. This is, is what makes a kid's song a kid's song versus an adult song. What do you see in a kid's song? Because there's interaction in adult songs. There's like repeat mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying, piano man, adults are interacting with us when we sing and you know, songs that they know in the same way children are. I mean, it's they're all everyone's a human. Everyone does that. But what makes a kid's kids' music a, a kids' music? Well here's the
1: thing. I think kids' music is just music, really? I think that um, in my songwriting, I try to respect young ears, and I try to bring high-quality production values. And um, you know, I I treat those songs as if they were being written for adults, because I think um, it's all still. You need a great melody, you need a great hook, you need a really fun chorus, and so I think kids' music is just music. And if it's good, it's good. And if it's extra good for kids, then I think it does incorporate those learning concepts and interaction and um, something that will engage them, right? So I think, I don't really know if there is a difference between kids' music and adults' music. I think I just try to make the best music all around that I can. And I also try to introduce Kids to different genres of music. In my piano bar days, I, you know, constantly got requests for all sorts of different songs—from Broadway to, you know, rock and roll to different, um, you know, reggae even. So, <laughs> I wasn't all that great on my piano doing uh, some of those different genres, but I, I did learn um, how to to approach each one at least in some way. And so I thought it was important, even when I started out, to introduce kids to all the different musical genres and jazz being one of my favorites, like yours. So, you know, that's why... All of my albums um, do incorporate different genres uh, within them, except for my Dana's Best Sing and Swing Along tunes, which was all about classic jazz, introducing kids to some of those classic Gershwin and Cole Porter songs and uh, Duke Ellington and just giving them my own little spin and, and then throwing a couple of originals on too. But that's all one genre, right? But I wanted to really focus on jazz for kids for that one. But I also have another album, which is just rock and roll, which is my Dana's Best Rock and Roll Fairy Tales, which was quite a departure for me because I took old uh, fairy tales and just tried to soften some of the scary elements and make them a little more approachable for young kids and just set them to rock and roll. But other than those two albums, each of my other recordings really uh, have a diverse um, set of genres included.
0: So, yeah. So when you're making children's music, you're just saying you would make it the way you would make adult music. But is there anything in your production that that you like think about when you're writing for children? Like what makes um, jazz for kids versus just jazz? Is it just the way you're packaging it? Just saying this is for kids. That what makes it for kids or because your your jazz album could just be for adults. But you just is it just you claiming this is for children that's making it for children? Like, what what is specifically making it for children, I guess?
1: Well, I do think uh, number one, I always have children singing on my albums with me. So I think children love hearing. Other kids, they love seeing other kids because then they can uh, imagine themselves being right there in the mix, too. So, number one, yes, uh, I incorporate children's voices. Uh, And number two, the instrumentation. I've been lucky enough to work with some really talented musicians, and um, they always bring a certain uh, fun personality to their uh solos or whatever and and make it sound kid-like like Like, um you know uh, i have one song where we have animal sounds and i have (laughs) this great guitarist who can actually make his guitar sound like a moo you know and the different uh uh animal uh, sounds so it's just uh it's a I think in the session, just to having the musicians know that this is for kids and just kind of approaching it in a more fun, whimsical way really um, elevates the the fun element. And that's you know what will get kids to respond is hearing like a kooky slide whistle every once in a while or just something that you might have not expected uh, that will surprise them and just make them feel like it's like we said, being silly and fun. So even a, a more serious song, you can approach it in a lighthearted way, like with those fr- fairy tales, having the, the giant sound, you know, in the Jack and the Beanstalk, we had the instrumentation really sounding like it was a scary footsteps banging away. And you can really do a lot uh, with instrumentation and just um, sound effects to make it a little more, more kid-like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I guess kid like you're saying is being uh maybe more cartoonish or you know like what 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 like silly? Is that what you mean by kid like?
1: Well, just uh just fun. I wouldn't say cartoon like. It just depends on what the song is, but uh you know, with um hmm I think just uh you know, finding any way that you can to make it approachable for kids. And uh and I think just keeping in mind that quality matters and, and finding a sound effect that will be fun to put in just at the most surprising time will, will perk their ears up and maybe uh, get them into listening a little bit more closely to see if that sound effect comes around again or something. Right.
0: Yeah. So you, you fell into children's music and then you just realized you loved it from, from the performance part of it, right. From performing for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, what is your demographic? Zero to five? or
1: Yeah, uh, z- zero. Well, really, we'll, we'll be honest and say more like one. <laughs> uh, but I like to think my lullabies are good for z- zeros. But um, yeah, more like one to six or seven. But my primary zone in is those preschoolers and toddlers which i don't know i just have this certain soft spot in my heart for the itty bitties and uh, i just love them but i love all kids and and my latest album a place to call home actually was geared a little bit older in age so
0: That's i think I the noticed younger that kids, yeah
1: yeah and you know i think it was something to do with the subject matter because it was just a little bit um, more educational and learning about animals and their habitats, where they live and, and learning about, um, what the animals do to, you know, every day and what makes the, you know, how they are, um, surviving. And, um, and like one of my songs was Honey Bee Bebop. And I tried to really, uh, bring out some interesting facts about bees. And so it was just a really great learning process for me, researching all the different animals that I featured on the songs. Uh, I really loved it. And now I'm realizing that the more anyone, kids especially, learn about an animal, the more that they will care about an animal. And that went right into my heart. And uh, I definitely featured endangered species on that album. So I'm hoping that with those songs, kids will learn to care about the honeybees or the humpback whales. And if they know about them and what their lives are like, then maybe they'll want to help protect them and save them when they get of an age where they can actually jump in and make a big difference.
0: Yeah. Well, well, interestingly, I mean, to that point, let me tell you about my cousin. She just graduated from Yale um, and she tells the story of watching this uh I think it was a show or a documentary with her mom when she was little and learning about the polar bears and uh, she they said something about you just turn off a light just if everyone turns off their lights when they leave the room and she really took it to heart and she now is getting uh you know, her bachelor's at Yale with the full ride scholarship in environmental science. And like, that's the literally just from children's programming. That's what showed her that put her on her path, which is, I think, so amazing. You don't know who you're going to who's going to read your hear your songs and and just base their whole life on it. You know? <laughs> Isn't
1: that wonderful? And, and that's remarkable. Congratulations to her. And uh, yeah. that's your cousin. Did you say?
0: Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. That idea that you have is, I think, that purposeful idea of making songs and as much information as possible about animals to create compassion, I think, is, is a real Um. I think it's important, but also being purposeful about that type of thing, I think is, is necessary when we're creating art. I think that it's totally valid to have just like silly songs, but also it's, it's fun to make those teaching songs. Even if the teaching is just creating compassion about an animal, you know, I think that a lot of people maybe also like you are doing these things Maybe not completely like I'm going to be creating this thing to do this specific thing. But I think that you are allowing space for there to be any learning within your songs and growth within your songs that then will uh, create uh, whatever people learn from your songs. I think that you're giving a lot of options. So you're creating a, a world in which learning is possible through your music in a fun way. And I think that's pretty neat.
1: Well, I'm really, uh, I, I agree with everything you just said. And I do think it is just so wonderful, the power that our music can have and make, truly make a difference in young lives and truly, um, like you said, give them some direction or just create some awareness or compassion and that they will uh, have something, just little thing like you're, cousin just something just sticks and they'll remember it and they will dive in and make a difference and uh and by the way yes we all can make a difference and just by the little (laughs) things we do and we've got to do a lot of those little things and add them up to help save our planet and uh, that's so important that we uh, instill these kinds of um ideas into our kids at a young age so that they just you know
0: will grow and
1: learn along with it
0: when I was making my first album, Baby on the Subway, the, uh, you know, with jazz elements, some of the, uh, one of the songs or two of the songs just were jazz songs I had written. Uh, one was about a trip we took, I took with my family and just being with your family. And it was not intended for children, but I put it on the album. And it's funny, a lot of uh, people will come up to me at my shows. and They say, you know, my son really likes the Aegean Sea or that like this jazz song. And it's funny because I didn't intend that one for children or for little odd, little ears. It just happened to be that I put it on the album just because I was like, you know what? I like this song. Let's do it. And I changed one of the words. I took away the word wine and I replaced it with fun, you know, because it was because there was wine. in the first song with I changed it to fun and it and all, that's all I did to change to make it appropriate for kids like that. That only that one word. I'm just it's just occurring to me right now. I just changed one word to make it kid appropriate. And suddenly it's a children's song.
1: I remember one little instance when I was first, uh, like maybe my second album or something, my producer uh, kind of took a a little bit of umbrage with a a large word that I had included in the lyrics. I can't think of what it was at the moment, but uh, it was kind of a a big, you know, more difficult word to say. And and he says, oh, you know, maybe that's just too tough for kids. And I was thinking about it. I thought, well, I could change it. But guess what? Once they hear that word, (laughs) then they'll learn what it is and they'll be able to incorporate it. So I I really try not to, quote, dumb down my lyrics, if you know what I mean. I try to really um, just speak to them honestly and use vocabulary that um, that they can learn from and uh, incorporate in their daily life. Let it go.
0: You know, let it yeah. go from uh, "Frozen Fractals" all around. Millions <laughs> yes. of children are saying the word, saying the words "Frozen Fractals." <laughs> frozen fractals all around. It's so funny when I hear them saying that because it's like, why are you saying fractals? But that is what it they is, sure and it's just don't. hilarious. They were like, that's one of the top children songs of all time, honestly. Right. And that's like, it's there's actually quite a few really. <laughs> You know, SAT <laughs> words in that song that these little right. kids are just blasting. You know, and if one of them is going to be like, "What does that mean?" Their parents going to have to be like, uh, "Let me Google that, and I'll tell you." <laughs> I don't really know, but that's but it's sure. like that's an example of you know that's a children's song that is also an adult song. Maybe because of all the mass-produced stuff that was on YouTube and stuff, and maybe th- the repetitive, you know. Uh, wheels on the bus type thing, people had this idea that children's music wasn't good, but I haven't interacted with any children's music that wasn't enjoyable as an adult.
1: Well, these days, I must say that the quality and um, caliber of music in our genre has truly risen and is just amazing these days. But I guess thinking back to when I first started in the mid-90s, my actual uh, name of my first record label that I started, you know, was called Real Music for Kids, because at the time I really wanted to make real music for kids using real musicians, real instruments. And because at that time there were a lot of people uh, just diving into the kids market um, and just recording something in their closet. And at that time we didn't have all the great tools that we have now with all the DAWs and, you know, ability to just do something in your own home studio but so at that time there was a lot of rinky dink stuff out there there was some great stuff but there was a lot of rinky dink stuff that was you know maybe not of the highest caliber which is why i named my record label real music for kids because i wanted to make quality educational interactive you know um Music that was going to respect children 's ears and not drive the parents crazy, <laughs> so I think uh, I think that 's the really great news is our genre has evolved so much over these past twenty five years, and uh, i 'm just so proud of the uh, everybody out there who's making really great stuff it 's just remarkable to me every year when we get around to Grammy time uh, just hearing so many quality uh, productions and um, It's all great. And uh, it's just a a really great gift to the children of the world, I think.
0: And you have a new song called Bring On Summer.
1: Uh, Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I'm really excited about this new little single I have um, because it's just completely fun. And uh, I was this spring, uh, I just suddenly was like, oh, looking out the window at another dreary day in Washington state. And it was just raining again. And I had to put my raincoat on to go for a run. And I was like, oh, when is summer finally going to get here? And I just was running along and the song just kind of popped into my head and bring on summer and all the fun activities that come along with that sunny, sunshiny season. So, uh, I, it was already like late April when I decided to write this. So I just went home and wrote the song in like a day. And by, um, two weeks later, I had the whole thing in the can and done. <laughs> so wow. I was, uh, really, I had to put it on the fast track because of course, if you're going to have a song called bring on summer, you need to have it ready for before summer gets here. So right. anyway, I was, uh, I went ahead and used my great crew of Nashville musicians, um, on this track and you know they're just so amazing these guys they can play anything and uh so i we had a remote recording session and they did the track just in like an hour and uh, so then i threw my vocals on here in my home studio and brought the kids in nashville into the studio and a few days later and then boom boom bang we mixed it mastered it and it was on its way, just like summer. <laughs> and so uh, it's been a whirlwind. Where
0: does this land in your, uh, in what we we're talking about? Like, is it an interactive song? Is it a learning song? Is it a dance song? Does it have any, like, you know, what, what in terms of what we've been talking about, you know, being purposeful in your writing?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, it's just fun. And, uh, you know, it is um, it is getting kids moving. It's kind of it got a danceable, um, you know, upbeat pop sort of stuff. A uh, go, uh, rhythm going to it, and uh, and it also uh, encourages kids to get out and do some of these summer activities like camping, swimming, fishing. You know all the things that we can do. So I really hope that it will motivate families to listen and sing along, and then actually get outside and do some of these things together and make some special memories as a family doing these summertime activities. So yeah, I suppose Is it it's for just fun and little people.
0: Or is it for like uh, elementary school?
1: It definitely goes up in a higher age range than my usual uh, songs. And, uh, you know, the video was super fun to shoot because I had a crew of like nine kids note to self don't use so many kids in the video because it was a little chaotic (laughs) but it uh ended up being just super fun with the kids just playing with giant beach balls and jumping around on the playground and uh just showing the true joy that can come just from growing up in the sunshine in the summer
0: so let's go ahead and listen to bring on
1: summer
2: Swimsuits on We're feeling good and ready for the winter to be gone It was tons of fun playing in the snow but it's time for the sleds and skis to go
0: podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day! Bye!